Hey everybody, we had this guest on before. She was just in my hometown of Chicago. We needed her back on again. Fresh off covering the US Open in New York and most recently the Labor Cup in Chicago. Welcome back to the pod, Blair Henley. Blair, how are you? Hey David, I'm great. I'm recovering after, <laughs> after the crazy three days of Labor Cup. I'm sure. So let's, uh, let me just ask you, because I was thrilled with how the whole event worked. How was, uh, how was Chicago and your first experience in covering, covering the Labor Cup? Oh my gosh, totally lived up to expectations. I think we've talked about this a little bit, but I think everybody was wondering, you know, will 2018 Chicago live up to 2017 in Prague? And I think everyone, certainly anyone who was there would agree that it did. So many fans, packed house. Even on Friday, I think that was one of the most surprising things to me. I mean, you, Friday is still, still a work day, and the day session was packed, uh, which was surprising to me, but maybe not to the people who are uh, the tennis-starved fans of Chicago hadn't had a, a large professional event there in quite some time, so it was great to see them turn out. Yeah, it was, I think 1991 was, there was a final, and it was John McEnroe beat Patrick McEnroe in the final there, and obviously right, both the last, them. The last ATP event. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, and again, just, I was, I don't know if worried was the word, but like you said, I was really curious to see how the city would support it. They did promote it a lot, especially the week of, and, you know, it, it would kind of be embarrassing when you have stars like, Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, and you have a half uh, half empty stadium. And thankfully, it was not that. I think Chicago came in in full force. The excitement and energy in the building, and like you said, every session, even starting Friday during the day, um, Chicago represented itself quite well. I think. Yeah, totally. And they had that fan zone outside of the United Center as well, um, where they had little mini courts that, you know, they had the next-gen promotion, the, excuse me, the net-gen promotion. They had uh, bleachers out there. So you could actually watch the tennis from outside. And I'm sure you got to check out the, uh, the pop-up practice court, which I thought was such a unique, interesting take on, on you know, just giving fans a little bit of access that, you know, yes, you have practice courts at other events, but to have kind of the glass, you know, it's inside this, this glass casing, a little bit of a, uh, you know, exhibit feel, but the, the fans got to kind of walk on through, take their pictures, and, and walk out the other end, which, I don't know, it was a really unusual thing to see, but I thought it was perfect for the Labor Cup atmosphere. It, it was so cool, and, and I can tell you, Friday at about 5 o'clock, there was in-between sessions, I think the day session had just ended, um, the evening session hadn't started yet. It was absolutely packed there, and um, having Roger Federer practice on that court didn't hurt, no doubt. So it was—it it really was such a great event, and again, so happy that everyone came out full support of it. So, you know, in, in your career and what you do, um, you do a lot of behind-the-scenes thing that the, scenes that the general public doesn't normally see. If you don't mind, kind of walk us through, you know, when you got into town, a couple things that you did that, again, the general public doesn't see before we even start the matches on Friday. Yeah, so I, I got in, I flew in early, early on Wednesday and headed straight to the United Center for rehearsal. So I was hired to do, we had a show on Thursday as to right after the lineup came out called Deep Dive, where we kind of looked at the possible matchups. We actually had a couple of guests on set. Uh, and then after play on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we had a little show called Up Late that kind of recapped the day's action, had a guest if we could 
snag one. Um, so it was kind of they had they had the uh, the host broadcast that of course included we had some awesome people on the team: uh, Todd Woodbridge, uh, Mark Petty, Barbara Set, Sam Smith, Nick McCarville, of course, who worked with me. So I it was a huge privilege for me to work with some of these people who I've seen, you know, doing their thing in tennis broadcasts for years. Um, I will tell you a, a little behind-the-scenes story. I, as soon as I got there, I actually got there uh, a day after most of that host broadcast team, and we were, I was with Nick McCarville, who was my partner, uh, my co-host for the weekend, and so we walked up to the desk that we were going to be rehearsing at, and Sam Smith and Todd Woodbridge were already there doing their rehearsals, and both of them did rehearsal got up, came over, they've never seen me before in their lives, they, they didn't even know who I was initially, and so but they came over, Nick introduced me, and, and they literally sat there and had a five-minute conversation with me, just said, hi, you know, that we missed you at dinner last night, I mean, could not have been nicer, both of I mean, they're incredible in, in, as far as what they do, um, broadcast skills, I've certainly watched Sam Smith and Hogwood, which both uh, do their post-match interviews when I was kind of studying and learning how to, to kind of develop that skill. They both were people that I watched and learned from, so to be able to work alongside them was, was really a huge privilege. So we had that rehearsal on Wednesday. Um, I went half asleep for it, possibly. <laughs> I was so tired after, after my, I think I woke up at like 3.30 a.m., but made it through, made it through that rehearsal. And then Thursday, I think, gosh, it was probably 1.30, I think, we went live uh, after the lineup came out. And so it was a whirlwind uh, 24, 36 hours. But the show actually, our little deep dive, went pretty well on Thursday, given that when you try to have guests on the set, it is a total crapshoot as to whether they are going to show up on time, right. who you're going to get. So we started off thinking that we were just going to have the two vice captains. So we thought we were going to have Patrick McEnroe, and Thomas Engfish, and in the show prior um, that Sam and Todd were hosting, they were supposed to have the two captains, as well as two players. Now, <laughs> fortunately for Sam and Todd, the players did not make it up on time. So they had to spill, uh, which of course they were fantastic at, and I'm sure anybody who was watching had no idea that they were supposed to have players on set. Uh, but we ended up with the players at the very last minute. Literally, we were going live and had no idea who was coming to join us. Uh, so then we saw, hey, um, Nick Kyrgios and Grigor Dimitrov. So they came up on set, they hooked them up with the mic, and we did, you know, kind of an impromptu interview with them. So it's, I, you know, this, that stuff happens in any kind of live production all the time. But it's great when you, A, trust the person that you're working with, but also when you have a really good team of people where you can kind of chill and relax in the green room and you can tell stories of things that didn't go the way that they were supposed to do and you can just kind of laugh it off afterwards that there's really nothing else that you can do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah, you were uh, great two players to have too that come up too. I mean, obviously any player that was at this event was unbelievable and that what makes this that's what makes this event so special. You have the best players in the world all in one all in one arena. Yeah. So Nick, I'll tell you, Nick Kyrgios loves labor cup setting so he was he was in a great mood all weekend yeah i I would say him and also jack sock they're also good friends they love the team environment stuff and they they get up for that stuff so okay so match day um for those that think you just you know get to the arena 20 minutes before the first match you watch the match and then you you know maybe have one or two post match interviews and then you wait for the next one you do that and then you go to bed that um it's clearly not what you do i've been fortunate to work at a couple events with you i've seen the hours you put in um there's a reason why you're so good at what you do 
Um, can you kind of, especially for maybe people who want to get into this field, kind of give a day in the life of what this is? And, and it's not meant to scare anyone. We have a ton of fun and you have a ton of fun in what you do. But um, there are some hours that you put in. So I'll kind of let, uh, sure. leave it at that. Well, our, you know, I mentioned the, the show once play started was called Up Late. So we were the after show. <laughs> so we just go on air until about 15 or 20 minutes after play ended. And I think, gosh, the first night that was, that was late. I'm trying to remember. I think we started around 11.30 or midnight, I think, every night, um, except maybe for Sunday. So we, I think I maybe hopped on about a 10.30-ish, 10 o'clock shuttle, got to the site. We, a lot of it, again, was Labor Cup. It's so, it's so interesting. It's so different from a normal tournament because you're really kind of flying by the seat of your pants when you get there. You don't know who's going to be available, who's going to make themselves available for an interview. You're, you may find out five minutes beforehand that, oh, hey, your work said yes to a courtside interview afterward or broadcast is able to get a camera for you to do this interview in the lounge. So everything is very much, you know, just you have to be ready at a moment's notice. But I, a nice perk for me uh, is the United Center. We actually had hair and makeup. So that was kind of my first stop of the day is they were able to make me look less tired than I felt, which is great. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw, the, I saw what you posted on Instagram. That was great. Normally, I'm out on the court sweating and smelling like a combination of sweat and sunscreen. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was, A, really nice to be indoors. But I will tell you, and that this, to me, was a factor in the way that the courts played. The courts were playing a little bit slowly anyway. But on top of that, you know, they're, they're playing on top of ice. It's right. like Blackhawks play, of course. So it was cold. I was not prepared for that uh, mentally. You know, of course, it makes sense when you think about it. But I definitely did not bring <laughs> warm enough clothing uh, because this chilly in our little suite where we hung out when we weren't uh, down on the court. It was definitely cold. Barbara Shett, their studio, uh, their desk was actually out on a balcony in the arena. And so the poor thing was freezing the entire weekend. So <laughs> we did, I didn't think it, you know, again, things you don't think about going in. But I did watch, I did get to watch some tennis courtside. Uh, which was, of course, uh, I mean, gosh, so much fun. I got to see the end of uh, Schock and Isner beating Zverev and Federer. I got to see Federer take out Isner after saving match points. I was on the balcony for Anderson uh, beating Novak, um, which, again, I, I posted a video, or I tweeted a video of the reaction after he won, and I've never seen so many tennis fans on their feet before. So it was such a cool reaction. You do get to see some live tennis, but I've watched, I would say, the majority of it on a monitor from our green room. And you being an ex-college tennis player, you know, Kevin went to University of Illinois, so there was a few uh, I-L-L-I-N-I chants when he was playing, too. So, it, you know, that's all part of the team atmosphere. Yeah, it's part of the team atmosphere. It felt almost like a little bit of a college atmosphere, um, which you obviously don't see with the pros. Right. I mean, I thought, yeah, I mean, maybe you're going to have a slightly pro-team rule, but people really, I mean, I think part of it was that they wanted to see it be close when it came down to it. Right. But, I mean, people were better with not feeling like it was his home court, and I think he feels like that just about everywhere he goes. I know. Friday night was the same thing. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't 7-1 yet at the time, but Friday night when Fed played with Novak against um, right. Jack Sock and Kevin Anderson, same type of thing. It was not... 
totally pro Fed Novak at all. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, it was awesome, the whole thing. So, anything else you want to add with that before I kind of add, uh, ask you for your, I don't know, three, you know, a couple of your favorite moments for the weekend? Back to back. Yeah. No. And and you are I'm spot on. I mean, if you remember back in, in March, Fed played, I think, the final in Indian Wells. I think he lost to Del Potro in the final. Mm-hmm. Comes to Chicago to promote this event one day, then goes to Miami. He lost early in Miami, but um, he is all on 24-7 promoting this thing. And this take it takes right. a ton of energy. Now, I know he's probably used to it. But he's not sitting in his hotel room relaxing, getting ready to play every day. I mean, he is out no. and about, like you said, um, all day signing autographs, doing so many interviews. Um, it's, it's crazy, to his credit, how he does it. I, I don't know, but that's why he's fed, right? Uh, exactly right. I, I certainly couldn't do it, but he, I mean, he's like the energizer bunny. But you know, I mean, when, when it comes to actually having to perform physically after doing all that stuff, I, it's something I think we take for granted because he makes it look so easy. But I can tell you from seeing a little bit behind the scenes and, and from I was sitting courtside for the super tiebreaker for the match tiebreak against Isner. I mean, he was just really irritable and just kind of irritated. And I feel like that has to just be a result of just being really tired. Right. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine, right? You're playing at the, the highest of highest levels there is in a sport, and you're not completely fresh doing it. And like you said on Sunday, going back-to-back doubles and singles, even though you have a super breaker in the third, it still takes a lot out of you. Um, just to kind of just to kind of add, you said a, a couple of my favorite moments were obviously watching Fed and Novak playing doubles. I know they lost, but again, like last year when Fed and Rafa played doubles, you just don't see it. And to see two of the greatest players ever – play together is super cool you have to be happy for jack sock we all know how much he's struggled mightily in singles this year but um there's no argument i mean this guy can play doubles and win with anybody and it's shown all year and he won every doubles match over the weekend which was pretty incredible and then the other thing that i really got a kick out of and i'm sure you've seen it too is not just bjorn borg and john McEnroe coaching the players was the player, other players coaching the actual player on court. Um, Roger Federer, 
coaching Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer coaching Sasha Zverev. Really, really cool. And and as a as a coach, you're always trying to pick up you know little coaching nuggets from other people. And when I saw that, obviously I tuned up my ears because I wanted to hear what you know the greatest player ever was saying. So that to me was pretty cool. Yeah. I think Roger has a future as a coach if he wants it. Right. <laughs> but it was uh, another bonus for Roger as he was speaking in German to Sasha, in French to Gauvin, and then in, you know, in English to the other guys. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Unbelievable. And he does that in the press at, at majors, too. It's unbelievable how he does that. He does interviews in different languages. It's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah. I will say one of my favorite coaching nuggets of the weekend was when Sasha was talking to uh, to uh, Djokovic during his loss to Anderson, and Anderson was playing so tough. Kevin played incredibly well the whole weekend, really. Yep. But uh, Sasha saying to Novak, "Listen, he can't keep this up for a whole match." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately for for uh, Nole, uh, Kevin Kevin came to play. So that was a really that was a really cool moment, and Kelsey Anderson tweeted afterward that. Kevin felt like that was the most intense fan atmosphere that he had ever played in, and the guys played in two Grand Slam finals, so I think that says something. Yeah, oh, absolutely, and again, I feel it was more a lot of that college type of feel. Um, you know, these guys compete against each other week in and week out and to be part of a team, to be, um, representing something a little bit bigger than just yourself. I think everybody bought in and you could easily see that, um, look, next year it's in Geneva, Switzerland, the year after it, it comes back to the States. We don't know where someone said, could it be Chicago again? And I don't think it will be. They'll probably spread it out somewhere else. But if it were to be in Chicago again, I don't think there'd be any hesitation uh, uh, that it wouldn't be as exciting as it was this past couple of weeks. Absolutely. Well, I think that would be, it could be a good strategy because anyone who went this year would definitely want to come back. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for, for doing this and, and giving us a little bit behind the scenes stuff. Again, you're, you're uh, in your line of work. We don't, the general public doesn't get to see a lot of behind the scenes, what goes on behind the matches and everything. So appreciate you kind of offering some information on that. And for all of you that, that want to hear more from Blair, make sure to follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Blair posts some really, really cool material, does a ton of fun interviews with the biggest stars of the game. And um, Blair, just to you, one, thanks again for doing this. Have a great rest of 2018. And as always, we look forward to seeing you again in, in 2019 and beyond. Yeah, thanks so much, David. Always a pleasure. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Well, thank you again for listening. Uh, Blair Henley, such a really, really good reporter and MC, and everything that she does at these events. Um, such a good person overall, and she had such a great time in Chicago covering the Labor Cup. Who wouldn't have such a great time covering the event? It was, it was special. And again, as we stated before, next year it's going to be in Geneva, Switzerland. So I'm sure there'll be a ton of energy and a great atmosphere uh, for the event again. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you soon.